wonderful grace of Jesus. If you are able to stand comfortably, I invite you to stand as we sing together.
Well, good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church, Sun City West. Thank you so much for being here and taking the opportunity and the time to come and worship God. What a beautiful song. Great choir, great congregation, great voices. Thank you so much for joining together. Listen, today is the last day of February. The spring is just right around the corner. And what a great opportunity for us to be able to get out a little bit more and to just reach out to our community with the compassion of Christ. He has shown us so much grace, has he not? The wonderful grace of Jesus. Not only have we experienced it, but we want to share it. And so this morning, we thank you for coming together to share that. Wanna, if it, this is the very first Sunday that you have been here, we'd love for you to fill out a guest card. If you've not already, those guest cards are in the pew in front of you. We'd love for you to fill them out, put them in one of the offering boxes when you leave so that we can acknowledge your being with us this next week. And join me in prayer, and then we're going to continue on with a very powerful time of music and worship. Father, thank you for the opportunity that you've given us. It is a blessing to see our worship center, the people that have come, the choir full, and Father, excitement in the air, the focus of experiencing your presence today. It is a, a piece of heaven in a very chaotic world that we live in. And Father, we, we do not ever want to take for granted the grace that you give us. And Father, we take seriously the responsibility to pray. Right now, we have brothers and sisters in Christ in Ukraine that are in the midst of such a difficult time. And it is also representative of around this world, believers, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are being persecuted. And Lord, I just ask that we as believers, as we join together in this little piece of heaven that we not forget, but God, we continue to intervene and we ask you to intervene. We ask for your protection, your encouragement, your strength, and Father, to mobilize the brothers and sisters to show compassion for one another. And I pray, God, however we choose to do that as individuals and as a body of Christ, and representing so many bodies of Christ around this world, that Father, we would make an impact because you are the one who has the power and is almighty. And so we, we beseech you and we ask you, Father, bring your healing hand, a hand of peace and encouragement, especially right now to those in difficulty. And I pray for us today, Father, this will not just be a routine worship service, one that we just normally come to at 1030 on Sunday mornings, but God, I pray that we will experience you and your presence and the power of your spirit today in a way that we have not in the recent past. That takes preparation for each of us, and I pray, God, this morning in our prayer time that we would allow you to speak to us and we would listen, and Father, we would respond. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. Let's sing. I worship you, Almighty God. 
will you pray with me? Our holy God, our loving Heavenly Father, we do glorify your name. Father, we thank you for the beauty of music and the lyrics, God, that exalt you. And Father, this morning, that is our prayer, that we would exalt you in this time of worship. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to come and worship you freely and openly. And God, I pray for each of us this morning that we would look inside our hearts and our minds. God, that we would humble ourselves, that we would ask forgiveness for any sin that might be there, God, that we might totally worship you in all your beauty, in all your majesty. Father, we love you so much. God, today our hearts cannot help but turn to you praying. And Father, all the turmoil that is there and in all of our world. And as our pastor said, Father, I just pray for those who are there, God. Would you help especially the Christians? Father, I pray that even in the midst of all the violence and the uproar and the fear, God, that you would give them peace and strength. And God, help them to be your light. I know there are many Christians there that are asking for prayer all across this world. And Father, this morning we bring our prayers to you. Father God, your word tells us in Proverbs 21 that you know the hearts of every king and that you can turn them like the waters in a river. And so God, we pray for uh, President Putin. God, I know that may seem a hard thing to do, but God, you belong to all of us, Father. And you have the power and you can supernaturally change everything that happens there, God. And I pray for each of us, God, that we would be the prayer warrior that you want us to be. And Father, I know sometimes that we as older people, we're tired, we hurt. But God, the one thing that we can do is we can pray with all our heart and we can have fervent prayer. And Father, I pray for our Watchman Prayer Ministry that we might be fervent, God, that many who have not signed up will sign up today, Father, that we will be in prayer not only for our world, but, God, for our nation, for our leaders of our nation. Father, we need to lift up every person who is in a position of power. God, that you might bless them. And most of all, Father, that you would convict them in their heart for a need of a Savior if they don't have you as their Savior. God, I pray for our pastor this morning as he brings our message. Father, would you give him your words from your heart? God, I pray that each of us might listen, God, and that we might glean from it something that we can take into our everyday lives. Father, as we go forth, that we will be the light that shines for all to see. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.
are so beautiful. And it points us in the right direction toward prayer. Makes us safe in a messy world safe. I've been asked to bring a testimonial in regard. So I'm going to tell you about my call to the world. <clears throat> and it started a long time ago when I was a kid. <clears throat> I was saved when I was eight, so I have a, a long, long, long journey. Much of it at church, in service to the church, and watching all those awesome prayer warriors. I admired so many and was never able, I thought, to come to that place where I could say that prayer as beautifully as they did. So fast forward a million years and I get to this church. And sure enough, in this church, there are awesome prayer warriors. I've listened to so many of you pray. I have listened to beauty <coughs> sent to the Lord God on high. And then I was asked to be a deacon. I hesitated. Because I thought, oh, I'm not worthy. I cannot do that. I can't pray like them. I can't spend that much time in servanthood. God had different plans. And so I prayed hard about it and went ahead and became a deacon, learned so much about praying and how to be a good servant. I'm still trying and still learning. <clears throat> but when the Watchman Prayer Ministry came out, I also waffled about that. I said, pray for an hour. Oh my word. I was one of those three minute wonders, you know. <laughs> Over and done. Good night, God. See you tomorrow. But when I started getting into the prayer ministry and took it step by step, broke it down, the call to the wall is a worthy endeavor. Helped me learn to pray better to pray more fervently, to be more intentional, and to see the results. So I encourage all of you prayer warriors out there to get on board, get one of these, and begin a journey for a worthy prayer ministry through the Watchman Prayer Testimony. In Romans 8, it says, she who kneels before God can stand before anyone, and I'm not afraid of anyone. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. That's a call for every single one of us. And if you want to do something where you pray, here is your chance. She used to sing a song, and it said, prayer is the key to heaven. Faith unlocks the door. So I invite you to join the Watchman Prayer Ministry. Thank you.
I'm kind of running late today, but I have a few minutes to squeeze in my prayer time. So um, the Lord's Prayer it is. Our Father who art... Yes. <laughs> Our Father who Yes. Okay, okay, please, whoever, don't interrupt me. Uh, I, I'm praying. But you called me. Called you? I didn't call you. I was praying. Okay. Our Father who art in heaven. There. You did it again. Did what? You called me. You said, Our Father who art in heaven. Here I am. What's on your mind? Well, but I didn't really mean anything by it. I mean, I, mean, I, I know, I, you know, I was, just, I was just saying my prayers for the day. I always say the Lord's Prayer. It, it makes me feel good, and it's sort of like getting a job done. All right. Go on. Okay. <clears throat> Hallowed be thy name. Hold it. Hold it. What do you mean by that? By what? By hallowed be thy name. Uh, well, it means, uh, I don't know. How should I know what it means? It's just part of the prayer, part of what you say. By the way, what does it mean? Well, it means honored, holy, wonderful. Uh, well, that makes sense. I, I never thought about what hallowed meant before, but moving on. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you really mean that? Of course, why not? What are you going to do about it? Do about it? Nothing. I, I, nothing, I suppose. I, I just think it would be good if you got control of things down here like you have up there. Have I got control of you? Well, I go to church. Uh, that's not what I asked you. What about that bad temper? Uh, You've really got a problem there, you know. Uh, would you stop picking on me? I'm just as good as some of those hypocrites at that church. Excuse me, but I thought you were praying for my will to be done. Mm -hmm. If that's to happen, it will have to start with the ones who are praying for it. Like you, for example. Oh, okay, all right. I guess I do have a few hang-ups. Um, now that you mention it, but I, I could probably name some others. So could I. <laughs> all right, I really haven't thought about it much until now, but I'd really like to cut out some of those things. I would really like to know how to be free. Good. Now we're getting somewhere. We'll work together, you and I. Some real victories can be won. I'm proud of you. Good. Uh, look, Lord, I need to finish this up here. This has taken a lot longer than I usually pray. <clears throat> okay, so give us this day our daily bread. Hmm. You really might want to watch the daily bread. <laughs> you know what I mean. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, wait a minute. What is this? Here I am doing my religious duty, and all of a sudden you break in and remind me about all of my faults? Well, you see, praying is a dangerous thing. Uh. You could end up changed, you know. 
That's what I'm trying to bring across to you. You called me, and here I am. It's too late to stop now. Keep on praying. I'm interested in the next part of your prayer. Well, go on. I'm scared. Scared of what? Because I know what you're going to say. Try me and see. Okay. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. What about Peter Brown? See, see, see him up. Lord, he told lies about me and he cheated me out of money. I swear that I'll get even with him. But your prayer. What about your prayer? I didn't mean it. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. But it's not much fun carrying around that load of bitterness inside, is it? No, but I'll tell you what, I will feel better as soon as I get even. Boy, have I got some plans for old Peter. <laughs> Trust me, you won't feel any better. You'll feel worse. Revenge is not sweet. Think of how unhappy you really are. But I'll change all that. Forgive Peter, then I'll forgive you. Then the hate and sin will be Peter's problem and not yours. You may have lost the money, but you will have settled your heart. It doesn't sound easy, Lord. But deep down, I know that it would be worth the effort. Thank you, Lord, for helping me work through this. but deliver us from evil. The kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, choir. What a morning it's already been, right? The focus of prayer. I was a summer missionary in Vermont. And while I was there, I uh, encountered a gentleman by the name of Don Miller. Don Miller, in July of 1979, came to do a prayer conference in our area uh, in Vermont. And uh, we were fortunate as uh, summer missionaries to be able to attend that conference. And Don Miller was an extraordinary gentleman, quite the prayer warrior. Um, there's a lot to go into his life, but I don't have time to, to address that this morning. But this uh, three days that we spent in that prayer conference changed my entire perspective and understanding of prayer. I still have a little booklet that, uh, that we used, and uh, it's called Soul Praying. It talks about prayer time, and you can see it's well used, and uh, I could actually read my writing um, from back in those days compared to today. But as you go back and look at, at that I took, and the commitment I made on July 19th, 1979, to be a person of prayer, it just changed. I mean, obviously, as a Christian at six, I always prayed. But this made all the difference in the world. It launched me into a totally different understanding of prayer and my personal prayer time, looking at the example of, uh, of Jesus and more than 700 scriptures that focus on prayer within God's word. I pray that you have that kind of belief as well, that that's part of your life, because an essential part of the Christian growth and discipline is the habit of daily Bible study, and not just as our drama stated, just a routine is something we go through, but it is meaningful to us. It's a conversation that God and I have, a conversation where I understand and try to look at what his word says, and I hear and stop and listen to what he tells me, and I lay my requests before him. There's no substitute for it. I believe that those over the course of Christian history who have been used mightily of God have been people that have held on to this truth and this power of God that comes through their personal prayer life. Not their great intellect, not their physical being, not just their duty to accomplish certain things, not even their spiritual gifts, although those are so powerful, but is their personal prayer life it is the engine that accomplishes so much because we rely upon God in our lives. I believe that it is essential, prayer is, to be the kind of prayer warriors that God desires each of his believers to be. Not just those who have the spiritual gift of prayer and intercession, but that actually in their own lives they understand that this, this is what God wants each of us to do. And that's why he mentions it so many times in Scripture. I like what Ray Jean said, that she'd always been around those who, who were prayer warriors, 
but she didn't feel like she could do that until just a couple of years ago, and it totally changed her life. I heard her testimony in the deacon training on Wednesday night. She was sharing at the end of our session about how the Washington Prayer Ministry had changed her. So I just, I, I asked, I said, would you be willing to share that? Because I, I wanted you to get a sense of what it was like for someone who, who didn't necessarily know how to pray for an hour, but took the step of faith and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because that personal prayer time and that intercession is so critical. And Ray Jean, Ray Jean has made it a part of her weekly prayer life to spend an hour a week at least, plus all the other prayer times. But I want to talk this morning about three important steps that I think is important in the, the time that we have left. Important for us to have a powerful prayer, uh, a prayer life, and the sermon is, is titled Developing a Personal Prayer Life. I know that probably 99% life, and we probably do it on a daily basis, even though it might be rushed a little. We try to squeeze it in, but I, I want to try to help you to broaden that. Whether you're involved in the Watchman Prayer Ministry or not, I want your prayer life to be something that is revitalized, something that is powerful, something that you walk away from and say, this is something I just have to do. I want this conversation. First, I think you need to determine a regular daily time for it. Jesus enjoyed a very unique relationship with the Father. He was filled with God's Spirit, and even though he was filled with God's Spirit, even though he was God incarnate, he still felt the need to maintain a regular practice of personal prayer and worship. It's interesting. I think that he is the perfect example for us to look at. I think as you look at his time that he spent with the Father, it made all the difference in the world. And I believe that the disciples saw that in his life. And I believe that as the disciples saw that, they wanted that same kind of thing. John had taught his disciples how to pray. Jesus' disciples said, man, you, you have that, that time with the Father. We want to know how to do it. We don't do it well. Now, they grew up as, as Jewish boys. They understood what Judaism was about. They understood the Old Testament. They understood prayer, but they didn't understand how Jesus prayed. <coughs> Luke chapter 11, verse 1 says that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. The best place to go is to see what Jesus did. Now, Jesus prayed at various times. He was very busy, if you know. Um, there were a lot of demands on his life. There were a lot of people that were reaching out to him. He had a purpose. He had to accomplish that purpose. He was driven because he knew the mission. He knew what the Father desired. And yet, even in the midst of that, with all of the myriad of things that he had to do, <coughs> he still understood that time with the father was critical he would go early in the morning mark uh, chapter 1 verse 35 says very early in the morning while it was still dark 
Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I think of Don Miller, as I was telling you early on, I, in reading a little bit of his bio, uh, during most of his life, uh, his, his pattern was to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm not sure my alarm goes off at that time, <laughs> but he would get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and he would go out on the, in the Texas morning and go sit out on a bench. Uh, I, think, I think it was a swing, if my memory is correct. He would take one half of it, and he left the other half for the Father. And he spent from 4 to 6 o'clock praying, seeing the Father. And then he'd go, and he would wake up his wife, Libby, and then he would come back out, and he'd pray from 6 until 7. And at 7 o'clock, his wife, Libby, would come out, and together they would pray to the Father. Over the years, uh, from his understanding, or from the biographer's understanding, is that um, he averaged about two hours and 40 minutes a day to pray. And you know how he came up with that? It was a tie in his mind. That's not a, a fast rule in Scripture at all. That's what he chose. You can get a lot done in two hours and 40 minutes of praying to the Father, can't you? Well... <coughs> Jesus would go in the early morning hours, but Jesus would also go without sleep when there were critical needs to pray for. In, John, in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, he says, One of those days Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Had some big decisions to make. There are times in our lives, from Jesus' example, that not only are we to, to pray, but we're sometimes going to spend the night praying. I don't know if you've ever done that before. I have. It's been rare, but I have done that. And uh, yes, the next day you're tired, but man, I tell you what, there is something that happens when you, when you cloud everything around you and you focus upon some very specific things that you desire God to do. That's what Jesus did. And Jesus, he would spend time praying by himself. Both in Matthew 14, 23 and Mark 6, 46, uh, the, the Matthew passage says, And after he had missed them talking about the disciples, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. The pattern of prayer is consistent in Jesus' life. He had major decisions to make, and so in these decisions to make, and his connection with the Father, and understanding what the Father's will was so that he could be obedient on an ongoing basis, he spent that time. I, I think the verses clearly show that Jesus desired and he scheduled regular time. If Jesus should feel the need to have that regular time with God and that it was scheduled at particular times when he felt that that was critical, I think that we've got to, to understand that we probably even have a greater need to pray. If the Son of God needed to commune with the Father, then we as His creation, we need to commune with the Father as well. What is your perfect time? Now, Jesus would do it at various times. I, I go to what the psalmist said in Psalm 5.3. Uh, he said, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. I love that passage. He talks about in the morning. The morning time was when he decided that this is when I wanted to pray before God. And then as he laid his request to wait 
in expectation. What is your expectation when you pray? Do you listen to God and expect Him to hear you? Well, in the dramatic presentation, um, she sure didn't, did she? Just moving through it. Do you take time in expectation, saying, God, I have laid my request before you. I have spent time with you, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. What are your instructions today? In Psalm 57, verses 7 and 8, the psalmist said, My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul, awake, harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. This psalmist said, man, I want to open the morning time as the sun rises, praising God and praying. <coughs> Think about Genesis chapter 19, verse 27. It says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before God. The idea of meeting God, that was his place. Well, this particular passage addresses the fact that Sodom and Gomorrah had been destroyed where Lot and his family were. And God preserved Lot. But Abraham, uh, he, he, we find that he came to the place where he had met God before and looked out at the ruins. But it's a place, that's where he wanted to be in the midst of this difficult time in the presence of God. He did that in the morning. Now, I believe that having a personal prayer time in the morning provides a good starting point for the day. It recognizes, number one, as we begin our day, our dependence on God. God, this is a day that you have made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I want to follow your instructions. I want you to tell me every step along the way what you desire. I want to be obedient to you. And I think it gives us the opportunity to yield our will to him, to consciously dedicate the day to he and his glory. A conscious decision, an act of our will. I believe also... Every day we have decisions to make. And at the beginning of the day, what a great time for us to stop and say, you know what, God, there's going to be decisions for me to make. And I could make my decisions, but I want your input. I want your wisdom. And so today, God, let me be very conscious of your power, your presence every step along the way. Now, I would be the first one to say that, you know what, there are some believers who just can't do the mornings. You know, when we think about a senior adult church, not all of us get up at uh, 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. You know, because of health problems and other situations, there are folks that, that can't sleep at night, and so, man, by the time they do get to sleep, they just can't do it. There's all kinds. So there's not a scriptural mandate, so you've got to do it at this time and this time. The Father allows us a lot of flexibility to find the time that's right for us. Um, I heard about a, a well-known preacher that uh, went and, uh, and did a prayer conference and uh, just wowed the crowd. And one of his admir admirers came up and said, oh, I tell you what, Pastor, I just want you to know, I, I bet your morning prayer time is something to behold. And tongue-in-cheek, he said, lady... Until I get my first cup of coffee in the morning, I'm an atheist. <laughs> you know, some people just are morning people. And so maybe your time is another time. 
Maybe, uh, maybe the evening time is the best for you. Because when you pray at, at night, I mean, and I'm talking about, I mean, I, we, we probably normally say prayers all through the course of the day. But I'm talking about these, these daily prayer times that we really talk with God. We really spend time with Him. It might be that the evening time is the best for you. Because at, at that point in the evening time, we get to that place where the day has created a lot of tension and stress. And it might be a time for us just to lay everything before the Lord, allow Him to just allow that to go away. And allow the opportunity for a peaceful night of rest. To have a clean mind, a focused mind, one that has everything else just set aside. So that might be a good time. For some of you, maybe it's the noontime. You know, it, it just depends upon your schedule. But the key is that you need to find a time that works consistently for you. Sometimes it's like taking medicine. Um, on, my, on my alarm on my phone, I have four times during the day that an alarm goes off to remind me, okay, you've got to take this medicine. And if I didn't do that, guess what would happen? I would forget the medicine. Because <laughs> life gets busy. Uh, I was talking with uh, somebody over here this morning, and uh, we were looking at calendars, and uh, the calendar's completely full. For being retired folks, how can they be full? Well, we're busy, right? <laughs> it's a busy time. So we need to schedule a prayer time, just like an appointment, to say this is what we're going to, to strive to do. So that would be my encouragement to you, to schedule a regular time. Secondly, you need to determine a regular location, uh, something that you're comfortable with. I mean, you can pray anywhere. Uh, People pray all the time when, uh, when, when they're driving. And uh, if I'm riding with somebody, uh, sometimes I'm praying a lot because, man, I, they, they don't drive great. <laughs> of course, they're probably praying a lot for me, too, when I'm driving. So. But I believe that, uh, that a location that is comfortable for you is really important. You know, in real estate, they always talk about if you want to be successful or if you want to be able to sell later on down the time, it's location, 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 right? Well, I believe in your prayer time that it would be really good to find a location, wherever that is for you, that you can call your place. When I was in college, I used to have a place called The Gap. It was a place where, where the, the gap was that I, that I could stand before God and all the other things I was praying for to stand in The Gap coming from the Old Testament. And so I think those things are important for effective personal prayer time have a place that you can be alone with God. And, uh, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of praying personal prayer time, but there are some couples that just love to pray together. You know, my sister and her husband are, are those kinds of folks. They just love praying together, and every day they spend an, ex, uh, an extended amount of time praying together about what God desires. So however you choose to do it, but have a place for it. In Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you in other words you don't have to pray out loud with everybody around it's okay public prayer is very important very critical but so is private prayer and what you pray for god hears he understands i like that term reward you he's going to bless you when you spend time with him why do we why does he talk about going into the room and closing the door well, I think it's important for us because we need to concentrate. If you don't concentrate, guess what happens? The distractions come. 
noise comes, people will interrupt you. You want to be able to have a place where just you and God meet for that period of time with no, no distractions at all. Uh, this past Thursday, we, uh, we saw the movie here called War Room. Uh, how many of you have ever seen that movie? Pretty good number of you. It is a powerful movie that talks about how critical intercessory prayer is. And uh, in this particular case, this prayer warrior cleaned out a closet. And for years, that closet was nothing but a prayer room. Had lists on the wall, prayers on the wall, but it was her place where she could go in and spend time with the Father. Now, what was interesting, I thought, in that movie was because of her health, she had to sell her house, move in with her son, and a retired preacher and his wife from Texas, I think this is probably in, uh, in Georgia, moved there, and they were looking at the house, and the realtor was showing the house, and that, that preacher kept going into that closet and he'd come out, and he'd go in and come out. And finally his wife said, what are you doing? He said, there's somebody been praying in here. And the realtor who knew the lady said, yes, that's exactly right. He said, it's baked into the walls. Having a place, a location, a place where you and God get together wherever that is, and that's your place, I believe that that is so important. Third, I think you need to determine a regular plan that fits you. A regular plan. So you have a, a regular daily time that's going to fit your schedule. You have a location that's going to fit your schedule. And third, I think you need a regular plan. Um, otherwise, you just come in, you sit down, and you just stare at the walls. Pray for a few minutes say, okay, but what do I do from this point? A plan helps you. Those involved in the in the Watchman Prayer Ministry, if you've been involved in the past, you know that there is a particular plan that you can follow. Um, but there are a lot of plans out there. The question is, what is going to help you? And, and why have a plan? It's because our minds can wonder. And we want to focus on spiritual things. Um, I think I've told you before that when I was in seminary, I started my first year, I started a Thursday night a prayer meeting at 9.30 in the evening. Of course, you know, that's toward the end of the week. Our classes are finished. We're tired. Everybody's tired. Most of the people are working, you know, as well as going to school. And uh, it's a tough time. But I'd have a room for uh, full of people, that, uh, of guys that would be praying from all over the country. And I'll never forget this one night. <coughs> um, we were praying, and we were going around our big circle. And, uh, man, all of a sudden, Marshall... Man, he, he, we just felt like he was probably in the spirit because there was silence. And there was silence for five minutes, and there was silence for ten minutes, and, and finally he woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Marshall, you know, he, he was so tired he had fallen asleep. We just, we just thought that maybe the spirit had really gotten in touch with him. <laughs> but the fact is that, you know what, sometimes that can happen. Sometimes... If we don't have a particular plan to follow, the distractions of the world can take over. And so I believe that it's important for us to, uh, uh, to have a plan. Now, what would a plan entail? Well, I think the plan should include Bible study. Uh, Bible study, uh, I think, is critical as you get into your time before God. 
not just jumping right into prayer but getting into his word i think you you need to pray for guidance during your personal prayer time god as i'm reading this scripture i ask you to give me understanding to lead me to the passages that i need to know in the understanding and then i think also a systematic plan to read your bible is probably a good idea there are a lot of different ones uh, you could use the open windows you could use uh, the daily bread uh, you could just read the Bible as you go through in a plan that you desire to, to study it. Uh, I like to, to go in and read a chapter of the Old Testament, a chapter of the New Testament, and, and a, uh, one of the Psalms. And so I go through that process, and it helps me to kind of keep some continuity. But whatever, whatever you choose to do as far as reading the Scripture in plan, first ask God to illuminate your mind. Allow, ask him to say, God, I want your spirit as I read your word, as I go through this plan, to help me. Share with me the insights that you want me to know. And then I would also encourage you to take a notepad, and I would ask you to write down some of those notes, because those notes are important. If you're asking God to illumine what you're reading and understanding, you've got to write them down, because if you're like me, you know in about two hours I'm going to forget what he told me. And usually, you're going to write a bunch of stuff down. Because those are very important. Those are words that God is communicating to you to help you to understand the illumination. Jesus said that his disciples would be characterized by continuing in his word. The idea of continuing means ongoing, learning. He says in uh, John 8, 31, if you hold to my teachings, you really are my disciples. That word hold means to understand and live by them. It's to understand what it says, apply it to our life, and make it a part of the very fabric, the daily walk that we have. God's given us some instructions, and he's given us some directions in our journey in life, and we need to implement his word in our life. So that's one aspect of uh, including the Bible study. Now, what are the benefits of studying God's Word? Well, I think there are several. Um, the psalmist says in Psalm 119.11 that it keeps us from sinning. As we study the Bible in our devotion time, he says in verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That word hidden has an idea that it's not under a, under a, a bush somewhere but he's putting it in his heart so it's there it's in his mind it's seat of emotions and so it has become part of who he is and why is that because when temptation comes the best thing to do is come and be able to say here's what the scripture says that's what jesus did when satan tempted him secondly it gives light and understanding the psalmist said in uh, psalm 119 verse 30 the unfolding of your words give light it gives understanding to the simple well you know what <clears throat> When we get to the Word of God, I think we're all simple. We need understanding. And it says here in the Psalms that as we study His Word, the unfolding of your words give light. That's what we need is insight, illumination, understanding of what His Word says. And when we study that, His Word, in the midst of our time of prayer, this is exactly what's going to happen. David said in Psalm 40 and verse 8 that it enables us to do His will. He said, I desire to do your will, O my God, your law is within my heart. His law, His statutes, His word is within our heart. That helps us to understand what and how to do His will. Because all of us have a desire to do the will of God. And Paul tells us that it produces wisdom. In Colossians 3.16, he says, Let the word of Christ 
dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. I love that wisdom. Wisdom is critical. And as you study God's word, he will give you wisdom and you're to share it with one and another. So I think part of a balanced personal prayer time is studying God's word and taking time to listen to God's word, writing it down, what he shares with us. Also, I think that plan should include prayer and meditation. I believe that prayer, as we've talked about this whole service, is in relation and will be in relation to the scriptures that you've just read, whatever plan you have. As you pray the very el various elements of prayer, you're going to find that God is going to reveal to you and, and help you step by step in your preparation for that type of intercession. Well, preacher, what kind of plan should I use? Well, there's lots of plans out there. Uh, one plan is Acts. I always loved Acts. It's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Adoration means adoring who God is. So we spend some time adoring God. Then there's confession. That's enumerating our sin. God, where, where have I sinned? And I want you to reveal it to me so I can confess it before you. In fact, Psalm 66, 18 says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So if I hold on to my sin, God's not going to hear my prayer. So it's critical that we come into this time of confession asking God to clear us, to purify us, to cleanse us. Thanksgiving is giving thanks to God for everything that he's done. The grace that we have spoken about even today. And supplication is making, spending, and that's where a lot of your time is going to be, spending time in intercession and petition. There's also another plan, and I think, it, we, in fact, we put it in your bulletin. It is from Dr. Greg Frizzell, and that yellow piece of insert paper we want you to take home with you. It's a great plan that he has and he shared it when he was here two years ago. It's a wonderful plan to use on your, uh, on your daily prayer time uh, or portions of it if you're not praying for an entire hour. So because of time, I'm going to leave those things with you. But I do want to remind you of this, that God has conditions for answered prayer. So we go before God and we lay all these requests. We've, we've, we've been in his word. He's given us wisdom. We go through this process of confession and repentance and adoration and thanksgiving and but here is the critical point. Some people say, well, you know, I just don't think that God is, is answering my prayer. Well, here's conditions. Number one, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty five, 25, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. It tells us that we have to have a clean heart. If God's going to answer our prayer, our heart's got to be clean. Forgiveness is a powerful, powerful tool and a wonderful resource, and we need to forgive. Secondly, we need to ask in Jesus' name. Jesus said in John 14, 13, And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. When we pray, <clears throat> we're to ask it not on our own abilities, but because of the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Therefore, we submit our prayer would accomplish and be the will of Christ. We submit to that. And third, we need to make sure that we are obedient to God and faithful service. The scripture tells us, John says in 1 John 3, 22, 
and receive from him anything we ask because, because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. It's the because idea. Because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. So I believe that as we go through and we meet these conditions and God hears our prayers, you're going to see a dramatic movement in your prayer time. As you read God's word, as you listen to what he says in your meditation, and as you pray in the proper way with, with, with the right attitude, with a purity of heart, God is going to bless you, and he's going to use you mightily in a lot of ways. And there are people who are depending on you to stand in the gap for them. And this is the time to do it. Please know, as T.W. Hunt says, it's not easy, but he says, be persistent until you are consistent. We just have to persevere until this becomes a habit of life every single day. Expect interruptions. You know, if, if for some reason uh, you begin really praying to God and, and move, seeing God move in your life, I promise you Satan is going to do all that he can to keep you from doing that. So there will be distractions and interruptions that come. And focus on the person that you're meeting, not the routine that you have put in place or the habit. And you can have everything just right. The regular prayer time, the location, you could have read through the Bible, etc., etc. And you can have all of these, you know, techniques right. But if you fail to connect with the Father, it is of no value. You think of, of, uh, you think of the, uh, the person that you admire the most in life. Somebody that you don't see, but you admire them. And they say, you know what, I'm going to come to your house. Are you going to go clean the house while they're there and get everything ready while they're there? Or are you going to spend time with them? You know, it's the spending of time that is so important. And you have the privilege of being together with the Father. And that leads me to this last statement. Your fellowship with God is as important to him as it is to you. He created you for fellowship. He wants you to have that time with him. And he desires it. He wants it. He needs it. You want it. You need it. It's a time to be set apart. So as we launch out of the Washburn Prayer Ministry... As you launch out into your own personal prayer time, I ask you, take these principles, take the time, spend the time with God, and please hear what he says and be a powerful force for the needs of the people around you, the ministries around you, and this world asking for God to bring about a spiritual revival and awakening. My friends, there's so much need out there. Let's pray, and let's pray effectively. Father, we come into your presence in this time of invitation. The invitation is very simple. However you have spoken to our folks today, each one of them individually, I pray that they would make the commitment, the move, and the desire to say, God, today I'm committing. I'm committing to a daily prayer time. I'm committing to, to 
be a part of that is in understanding and reading your word and asking you to give me insight into it and for me to apply that to my prayer time but also to my life and God when I pray I I want to I want to meet you I want to be face to face with you I want to have that time with you God no matter how hard it gets help us to be consistent and help us to intercede for the many needs that are out there but not just say prayers but God know that you the Almighty will empower us to pray fervently and to intercede and asking you to intervene in this world and in needs God, you welcome it, you desire it, you want it. And I pray that we will choose to say, yes, I will be a prayer warrior, whatever it takes. So, Father, in those decisions and any other decisions today, you lead our folks as we sing this invitation and our commitment to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Have a seat, if you would, for just a few moments. I want to uh, ask you, if I, uh, if you would, uh, two things. If you have not yet signed up for the Watchman Prayer Ministry, we'd love for you to do that. And I would encourage you, because I'm asking all of those who have signed up, everyone that is going to be participating in the Watchman Prayer Ministry, to come and just kind of sit right up here. We have packets to give you with all the information, with your prayer journal, etc. So if you would come up. But if you have not signed up yet but you're going to please come back up here get your packet and then you can go and sign up our our ladies will be more than happy to to wait for you we're only going to take about five ten minutes to go through the material let you know and let you answer any questions and then you'll be able to go uh, you will be past the lunch hour i think for a few minutes i apologize for that but it will pay off so uh, uh, if, you're, uh, if you have signed up for the prayer ministry at the end of our service, if you'll just, just kind of meet up here and I'll hand out those packets. And uh, if you haven't signed up, go ahead and come down here and then uh, sign up if you would. Okay, Nettie?
On Tuesday at 8 o'clock is men's breakfast. There are sign-up sheets in both lobbies, men, if you haven't signed up indicating that you are planning to come. Today is the day for those filled baby bottles to be returned. For New Life Pregnancy, if you happen to have forgotten yours, if you could bring that by the church office tomorrow, that would be much appreciated. The beautiful altar flowers today are provided by Fonda Miller. Fonda is a choir member, and tomorrow is her birthday, and her dad, a pastor, Reverend Jack Davis, passed away on her birthday when she was age nine. So she wanted to remember her dad today by these beautiful spring flowers. Aren't they gorgeous? And wasn't it nice to see the choir loft full? Yes, that is exciting. But there is still a place for you. If you are still considering joining the choir, we are working hard on our Easter musical. We were here for two hours yesterday rehearsing, and on Wednesday at 2.45, we'll be back at it again. But we encourage you, if you are considering coming now, is a perfect time to join us. As we stand for our closing prayer, Dr. Glenn Saul, our former pastor, will come and lead us in that prayer. Join me as we pray. Heavenly Father, we are blessed to be in your house today. And we've been challenged to deepen our relationship with you. And Father, I pray that we might find the discipline and enjoyment that comes from having a deeper walk with you. As we go from this place, we go to serve in our various places. And we pray for your guidance and leadership in all that we do. For I pray in Christ's name. Amen.